we're doing this again. Back-to-back episodes. Episode 81 of the Q&A podcast. This is Anthony. Sitting right next to me, as always, is my pal, DeQuincy. Hello. We are no longer the Lastros, my friend. Thank the Dark Lord. We are on top of the world currently. Best record in baseball. And it feels good. It does it feel good. It feels pretty good. It does feel good right now if we're watching this game because New York is uh, giving, in town. Us the, yeah, giving us that work. It's currently 12-4, to 4, top of the ninth. Yeah, and Nori Aoki is making his first appearance, his first pitching appearance in his career. Um, needless to say, he's he's not having a great time out there. He no, just recorded not. his first out after walking two batters, giving up a base hit, scoring a run. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Ooh, it looks like two outs now. So, but the run still scores. So it's thirteen to four. Let's, yeah. But let's not bring it down. Come on, we're we're still in first place in baseball. As of right now, we have a Astros record of fifty-four and twenty-six. Uh, it's going to be fifty-four and twenty-seven after this game. Still a winning percentage of six sixty-six. I mean, you win two-thirds of your games, you're doing something right. And this is considering we're playing with a starting rotation that has been decimated by injuries. It's like one of those uh, um, horror movies where the virus just comes and kills off 80% of the people on the earth. It's killed. There was a point um, about two weeks ago where 80% of our projected starting rotation from spring training was out. It was Morton, um, Keiko, McCullers, and um, McHugh. McHugh. Been out all season. Yeah. And somehow Mike Fires is still out there dancing through the raindrops. He's, he's getting nine, nine Ks per nine innings. Though. Yes, and the last, I think, I his last six games, he's not giving him a home run. So I'm happy about Which that. Very unfires like. Mm-hmm. But, um, we're doing a baseball podcast because we haven't done one all season. And considering uh, we're the best team in baseball, I know it's like the fourth time I've said it, yeah. we should have done one by now, but. Like I said in our previous episode, um, life gets in the way. Life gets in the way. We haven't recorded as much as we would like. We do too many damn uh, wrestling podcasts. We have been pointing out to me. <laughs> You're welcome, John. John Civitello. Shout out to my to our good pal, John Civitello. Shout out to John, who could be listening to this on his way to Houston or listening to it on his way leaving Houston. Guys, a jet setter. He's the only jet setter I know. So. Shout out to that guy. Um, it's finally a baseball podcast. So, um, it's it's really it really is amazing though that this offense is not slowed down whatsoever. It is such a uh, relief from the past two years to see your seven to see the seven, eight, nine hitters just not be black holes in offense. Mm-hmm. They're because uh, usually who they have down there. Oh, why did I go to the pitch? Uh, Bregman, uh, Gaddis, Bregman, uh, Mariznick, Gurriel, guys down from 6 through 9 who actually get you a hit when times are hard. It was last year and even in 2015 when uh, the Nationals made the playoffs. If the 1 through 5 hitters weren't getting any kind of hits, you would be lucky to get anything the entire game from anybody. And now it feels like um, 
starting pitchers from the other teams, they can't just take it easy anymore. No, every they can't. Every at-bat is a battle. Absolutely. And, I mean, at times we've seen Evan Gaddis hit, like, eighth or ninth. And this is a guy who hit 32 home runs last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how potent this lineup is. I mean, and another thing is, one thing that I've always uh, – or that I've always noticed and I truly appreciate now, like I'm happy that that we're in this situation, but it's about damn time that we have a hitter besides Jose Altuve who's hitting above 250 regularly. Uh, For the longest time, it was Jose Altuve competing for batting titles and the rest of the lineup hitting 251 and below. Competing to, to keep a job in the majors. Yeah. I mean, even Springer was, you know, hitting 240, 245, but never really that much higher. You know what Springer's batting average is? He's, uh, was it 280? 286, as of this recording. That's... I never in my life thought he would be anything more... When he came up, I thought he was going to be a poor man's, or rather a rich man's, uh, Mike Cameron. Mm -hmm. Who was a good hitter. A good hitter. A good good, hitting center fielder. A good, uh, in the outfield, gold glover, and, you know, hit home runs, but have the low batting average. And he's really put it all together this year. Um, He's definitely exceeded my expectations, especially when it comes to his batting average. Another thing, though, that, like, we, we tend to forget is that he gets hurt. He's got hurt the past few years, that, and it's really derailed his uh, uh, his progression. I mean, mm-hmm. he was that year. I mean, I've argued with people about that, that year that he got hit in the wrist by Kansas City. He was on pace to break, smash the rookie home run record. He get, broke his wrist in the middle of the season, and just, I mean, obviously was never the same, the, you know, going down the stretch. Um, but he's fully healthy this year. And, I mean, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Or he's, he's one of the best center fielders in baseball. Mm-hmm. Best hitting center fielders in baseball, not named Mike Trout. Yeah, you put some respect on Mike Trout today, uh, my friend. you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, it's, you know, he's earned it. Yeah. I mean, he's that good. And he's injured, and he's still probably the best, probably, is still the best center fielder in baseball. Um, but I think Springer has to be considered number two at this point. I'll give you that, yeah. Uh, he's hitting for power. He's getting on base. He's starting to hit for average now. The one thing that he doesn't do that I'm surprised, he doesn't steal. That, you know, that's the thing about this team is we don't have a lot of guys to steal. Um, Altuve. Altuve currently has uh, 14 stolen bases. And uh, let's see, we got two guys at six. And Reddick and Bregman, and that's it. They got a four from uh, Aoki, five from Marisnik, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, and Altuve has—I mean, he's stolen his fair share of bases mm-hmm. over the years. But uh, Springer isn't running. Correa isn't running. Um, and that's the thing. One thing we've always talked about Correa is that he's this great—you know—he was this great prospect coming in. Uh, but he wasn't necessarily a five-tool player because he doesn't have any speed. For a guy as good as he is who hits as well as he does and defends as well as he does, he does he actually doesn't have a lot of speed. Mm. He doesn't get down the line very quick um, at the plate, and, he, and yeah, he doesn't steal a lot of bases. So 
Do you think? Um, I wonder if that ever had anything to do with um, when he uh, broke his leg in Double A a couple that's years right. ago. That's right. It has to. I mean, there's. You got to think that's got to be a contributing factor. Let's see. Going back to his uh, minor leagues in 2013, he stole 10 bases. 2014, he stole 20 bases, both in um, A ball. Uh, 2015. He was in double. He was in double A, triple A, and in the majors. And he, between those three levels, he stole a total of what's that? Mino do math. Thirty-two bases between those three levels. Uh, last year, he stole thirteen, mm-hmm. and this year he's he doesn't have any. I guess, but I guess when you're when you hit as well as he does, you don't really have to concentrate on stolen bases. I guess uh, once you. That's the only other thing that I can think of is that just once you get to a point where you're hitting that well, they're I guess they're not going to expect you to to do it all. Mm-hmm. But then again, again Mike Trout steals bases, doesn't he? He does, but not at the rate that he used to when he first came. Okay. Came in. All right. So can't give all the credit to Trout. To Trout then. I mean, you not this time. <laughs> um. So I want to ask you, how are you feeling about the team right now? I know they're in first place, but we just the the game just finished. We just watched the Astros get their their heads caved in by the Yankees, uh, and we especially this month has been very difficult for the bullpen. This whole year has been tough for that bullpen, and it's I'm ner- the bullpen makes me nervous, not because it's a terrible bullpen. Um, with, I just haven't liked, although I haven't liked Gregerson for a while, I just, I think he stinks. I mean, let's just just call it what it is, for me at least. Um, but this bullpen has gotten overworked immensely so far. And they just showed a, a, a statistic earlier that in the month of June, our bullpen threw right at 100 innings this year. Um, to put that in perspective, the starting pitching has thrown 132. Yeah. That's way too many innings uh-huh. for your bullpen, um, and both both sets bullpen and starting uh, starting pitching, uh, their ERAs were comparable. Um, so that's not a that's not it's not a good sign right now at least. So let me ask you a question. Um, let's say you need to get an out. You need to bring in one guy from the bullpen, and you can't use Chris Stavinsky. <laughs> Who do you feel most confident in uh, right now? Will Harris. He's, he's just this baby-faced assassin who, who just comes out there and does work as the as the kids. Is that what they say? Sure, sure. I'm, I'm going with it. Oh, that's me. I haven't been a kid in a long time. <laughs> I got my own. Uh, so you're picking Will Harris. I probably would agree with you on that one, because I feel like Tony Sip is a. Um, I'm I'm just I'm on fan graphs right now, just looking at the relief core. And it's like you spoke about Luke Gregson. You don't really trust him. Tony Sip. Um, no, no, no. I don't trust. Okay, Luke you don't trust Gregson. My apologies. <laughs> uh, Tony Sip uh, should be put in a box like they did in uh, what was that? Late Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. and uh, shipped off somewhere. Um, this is showing relievers, but uh, Brad Peacock has been a, a surprise in the bull in the starting rotation. Right. He's excuse me. He strikes out. A lot of guys, and but because of the all the injuries to the starting rotation, they had to 
bring him up to the road mm-hmm. to to be a starter, and he's showing that he probably sh- is best suited for the bullpen because he really doesn't pitch deep into the ball games, but he still strikes out a ton of guys. And I think if if when your rotation gets healthy and you're able to send that guy back down to the bullpen, man, that's that's as good as any trade you could make at this point for a, a reliever. This guy, I mean, he's pitching lights out um, to a certain point. I mean, uh, to a point of no more than five innings. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's all the rotation has done since. Um Keiko went down and McCullough has come back. You're, they're basically, you're hoping for five innings and then go uh, the rest of the game with the bullpen, and that's just burning guys out. Yeah. Because you, you can't pitch Davinsky every day. You can't pitch Peacock in the bullpen because he's a starter now. And, and you have a bunch of guys, you have some older vets that are, really are getting burnt out, and they're bringing up these young guys from Fresno who haven't. Proven that they can make it in the in the majors yet, right? Uh, guys like uh, Martez, Martez isn't ready. I mean, he's clearly not ready. He's shown flashes, but he's still giving up too many runs. Um, he's still walking too many guys. Same thing, with and that was his problem in the minors to start the year. Same thing with David Paulino. Yeah, uh, flashes. He, of- he's, he had the, both of those guys, Martez and Paulino. They have the strikeout ability. I've seen like. Incredible curveballs, uh, breaking balls from both of them. Yeah. The problem is, it doesn't always go where they want to go. They, their command is isn't a hundred percent, and you know that's essential at any level mm-hmm. at this point. It may never never get to like they have a hundred percent both control and command of their pitches, but it needs to be where at least as if you're up there as a batter, you know you have to protect the plate, mm-hmm. and there are times where. Whoever the catcher is, be it Gaddis or McCann, they're doing a little dancing back there trying to block those pitches in the plate. And um, um, other guys talk about uh, Feliz. Mm-hmm. Um, who's, the, who's the guy who got lit up tonight? Was it Feliz? Feliz. Um, let's, let's check. Feliz Aoki. <laughs> Nori got yes. lit up for Nori a few Aoki hits. got in... Uh, Hoyt was pit. Well, Hoyt did okay. He, well, he he pitched two and a, two thirds of an inning. And Hoyt has been getting really wow. unlucky. He's he's has a home run the fly ball rate of nineteen point two percent. That means if he gives up five fly balls, one of them's a home run, and that's a ridiculous rate. Jeez. That won't it won't continue for a guy like them, but. Uh, that is definitely hurting them. Yeah. Feliz uh, was charged with the loss. He blew the game. Yes, he came in after um, they pulled McCullers and just Who's, crapped the bed. Uh, Raymond Goodwan? 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 Is yeah, that? he's a uh, lefty relief pitcher from uh, the Fresno. He's been up and down a couple of times this year. Uh, he's got an electric arm. He's not like Sip. He's coming in throwing 94, 95 from the left side. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, at this point, I mean, they're, they're bringing up guys who, like I said, clearly are not ready. That uh-huh. uh, They're still working it out down on the farm, and they're getting called up too soon. Just 
by necessity at this point. It's you know. Yeah. They're they're the having injury a, bug has gone through the the pitching staff. I mean, we have we have no idea when um, Keiko's coming back. Hopefully. After the All Star break, it's off the All Star break. Probably a week or two. Um, they've reported that Morton is going to start next week. But isn't it crazy that, despite the fact that we've lost so many starters, we're still the best. We still have the best record in baseball. Well, that's because the other side of the ball, the hitting has been incredible. The hitting One has been nonstop. Nine. You know who's the worst uh, uh, batter? Isn't it Bregman? Mm-mm. Nope. It would be one and only Mr. Uh, oh, <laughs> Carlos Beltran. Beltran. <laughs> He's been, uh, as far as fan graphs, you know, they do the the war wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. And um, zero is average. So far, Beltran has been negative 0.4. So we talked about this earlier. We mm-hmm. talked about this at the begin- before the season when we signed him for, was it one year, 16 million? Yes. And we talked about, well, if the Astros are out of it and he's performing like he did last year where he got traded the All-Star break or the, the deadline uh, trying to, you know, upgrade, was it the Yankee offense? Or he goes from Texas to the Yankees or vice versa. I believe him from the Yankees to Texas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. let me look. Come on, Google. Don't fail me now. So, and we talked about this. We said, well, okay. What if the team is struggling and he's performing and we can find a way, you know, we can eat the contract. It's Yeah, Yankees to Rangers. Yeah, it, it's a, it's only a $16 million deal. And there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal because the guy's off your, off your team next year. Right. So even if we had to still eat a chunk of that money via trade, uh, we would still have him off the books and, and look to, be, you know, look to next year. The tables are turned completely <laughs> in this situation where this team is firing on all cylinders and this guy is playing like a 40-year-old designated hitter mm-hmm. who's making $16 million. So Not bad if you can get it. I'm not hating. You can't get rid of the contract right now. No. And even if you could, uh, why would you? If it's, what, if he, what if everybody was firing on all cylinders? You wouldn't think of getting rid of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but since since he's making sixteen million right now and and not hitting well, you just have to eat the contract. Is is that what we're looking at at this point? Just have to eat the. You're gonna have to eat the money. I mean, basically, you trade him and you would save like we're halfway through the season, so you save eight million dollars. I mean, what's what's eight million dollars on this team? What's eight million dollars to Mister Crane? He can he can afford it. And I'm more sure importantly, we don't really know what he's doing in that clubhouse. If he's taking some of the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and teaching them, you know, what to look for. If a pitcher is tipping his pitches, um, better ways to just, you know, condition yourself, things like that. And we don't know what goes on behind the scenes in the clubhouse where he could be making a difference, him and McCain and, and Reddick, and actually helping these young guys blossom into what we hope to be long-term Hall of Fame futures in Houston. Sure. No, yeah, and... So in that in that case, you, you just you eat the money. Eat the money. You eat the money. Yeah, because he's doing things off the field that are beneficial. They're, I mean, considering how well we're hitting, they're just as valuable, or they're just as needed as 
him hitting well on the on the field. If someone came to Jim Crane before the beginning of the season and said, you can have the best team in baseball, but you just have to light $16 million on fire, it'd be like that scene of the Joker in the Dark Knight. He would be there with the gas, ta- gas tank and the matches burning it himself. Because he will make three, four... Would he have to slide... Off from the pile of money, he would slide, screaming "We" the entire time because the the Astros almost said the Rockets. The Astros make the playoffs, and they have a long run in the playoffs, make it to the World Series, or God willing, they win the World Series. He'll make that sixteen million million dollars back in spades. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's 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 nothing. Well, I say it's nothing because it's not my money, but sure. sixteen million dollars in baseball standards is a drop in the bucket. Right, but it's, so it's safe to say that we're we're going to eat the money. Mm-hmm. He ain't going nowhere. He's not going because he's not hitting well enough for to warrant interest from any other team. And even if he did, the one guy who need, who should be worried about his job is Aoki. Yeah, he is not hitting his normal two eighty like he has his whole career. Uh, but I mean, again, he's not playing every day, so you have to give that you know take that into account. Um, so, like I said, I think it's it's a testament to the offense, to the the start that Keuchel had, you know, before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, that this team is where they're at, considering considering all the injuries, um, considering they're taxing their bullpen right right now, mm-hmm. and. We we talk about this every you know every now and again. What do we do before the deadline? I mean, the way I look at it, mm-hmm. we're due back Keuchel. We just got McCullers back. We're going to get Morton back. We're going to get McHugh back. Yeah, that's McHugh, that's just well, good. I just saw McHugh and um, he's basically what he's doing right now. Spring training. He's not Corpus Christi. He went. Uh, I saw a report earlier. He uh, he finished one inning and given up, I believe, six hits and four runs. That's I that's think to that's be expected. To be I think guy. that's rust. Yeah, uh, you know that's nothing to get worried about right right now at least. But um, I think getting those guys back, getting your your opening day starting rotation, I think that's just as good as making any. Any trade uh, at the deadline, where you would have to give up something valuable in return uh, to get a Jose Quintana, Quintana who isn't pitching as well as Quintana, he did last Quintana? year, uh, getting a, a Chris Archer who is going to cost you. He's he's you know he's that good. He's going to cost you in salary arbitration or if he's past that, looking for that you know. Big money contract. Um, going, I mean, I know Quintana's under contract for at least two more years. I want to say, okay, uh, but still not pitching as well right now. Um, what if we had gone after Chris Sale in the off season? What we would have had to given up. I mean, how would that would have changed the dynamic of this team? Chris Sale would have cost a lot more than Quintana's going to. Absolutely. Um, heck, I mean, look at Toronto. They're the bottom of the barrel in their division. Mm-hmm. What's to stop us from going after Marcus Stroman? I mean, but again, that would cost us a pretty penny. 
He's a young, dynamic pitcher. Yeah, and he's still arbitration eligible, so exactly. I think they're giving him up. If you look around the league and you look at guys that are you gotta find the guys that your your perfect situation would be like um teams that don't spend a lot of money, like Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, low the uh, or small market teams with pitchers that are coming up into arbitration. One of the guys I've been looking at is Garrett Cole. Former number one overall pick. I mean, he's got the stuff to do it to be to make a difference. Um, but how much are we looking at giving up for the guy? Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those guys. Like, I don't want to give up. I'm a prospect quarter. I admit that. I sure. hold on to my prospects because I I just think you know you talk about I need to trade this guy for this young guy for this um, veteran. Well, the only way the veteran got to be there is he started off as a young guy. This is why I don't want to trade Martezka. I think he can be something special, mm-hmm. like a two, uh, a two or a one, on, an ace on a team. But I understand people who think that we need to get a starter. I'm just, I'm more about what the cost is going to be. Yeah, and and I feel like, I like I said, I, I really feel like getting the these three guys back whether it's right over you know, like all at the same time or in waves mm-hmm. which is that's probably what's gonna it's more likely to happen that's I, I, I still think that's just as good as, as making a trade at this point because you're gonna have a fresh McHugh who I mean as long like like you're putting more faith in McHugh than I am I'm seeing him as a I am and, and we like we have talked about this you know outside of of the show of the podcast um I feel like he has the ability to strike out guys, which he's done in the past. Um, and, uh, like, oh, so like I said, I, I feel the faith I have in him uh, is as much faith as I would have for any number five starter at this point. I think. If you can say that Colin McHugh is your number five starter right now, to you know, start, you know he's he's making his debut as your number five starter mm-hmm. at this point in the, in, in the season. That's that's not a bad position to be in because it doesn't put a lot of pressure on him. It doesn't put pressure on him to be the number three guy like he was last year and the year before. It he he is the number five guy. Let's say. For a guy who has pitched, who has supposed, who has been positioned as a number three starter in the past, and at times has pitched as a number three starter in the past, mm-hmm. that takes a lot of pressure off that guy. You know, coming into, uh, coming onto this team that is playing so well. So I have a question for so you. So I think he has the the ability to pitch like a number three guy. The the best case scenario. I'm sorry. The mm-hmm. best case scenario. Is that he pitches like a number three guy as your number five starter? That's not a bad place to be. So I have a question for you. So everybody comes back healthy. Yeah. Who's your starting five? Keiko McCullers, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Uh, I'd say Morton. Okay. Then Fires and McHugh. 
And if you had to, if you had to put Morton in the bullpen, why not Peacock? I mean, he's good for five innings at least, but at least I the rest of your, you your rotation were... will give you a chance to maybe get to six or seven innings. I thought you were going to demote Fires to the bullpen, and I was going to be like, "Well, have you, his last six starts have been excellent. I don't see how yeah, he can no, do that. The, uh, that's why. That's why I'm keeping him in the rotation. Okay. So, uh, how are you feeling about this? On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being terrible, 10 being um, sunshines and puppies and all that, how are you feeling about the team? Right now, I'm at a 7. I'm at a 7 because um, we, we've gotten off to such an incredible start that we've padded a nice lead mm-hmm. for uh, the team to struggle for. And, and we're not even... We're not, it's not like we're losing seven games in a row. That's the thing. We're we're giving up a lot of runs, but because we're scoring a lot of runs, we're you know we're coming away with with we're still coming away with more victories than not. Um, so as long as the the offense keeps rolling, you know as much as you hate to see your bullpen get taxed, mm-hmm. and as much as you hate to see your makeshift starting rotation pitch four to five, maybe six innings, uh, and giving up three, four, five runs, um, as much as you don't want that to happen, I think we're still in a good position, and, and a seven is probably, seven out of ten is uh, the best way to feel, in my opinion, at this point. All right. How do you feel? Um, uh, what I do? Woo! I'm probably around eight. I'm... Nervous about the bullpen, but I think that will shore, shore up when some of the stars come back and we yeah. move a couple of guys to the bullpen. Um, I will say I'm kind of nervous about Bregman. Um, what do you mean? Because I shouldn't have asked that because <laughs> I'm about to get on a roll here. Go but, ahead. Go ahead. We are here for rants. But, you know this. You 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 were here. For my NBA rant, so go ahead. Got to tune into episode eighty for, for that rant, but um, I'm not surprised uh, per se at Bregman. He got off to a slow start last year. He's off to kind of a slow start. He was off to a slow start this year, and the past like month he's he's like his the past month he's been hitting like over three hundred, but he's still hitting two fifty. Uh, overall 253 253 overall mm-hmm. um, the power isn't there but here's the thing he was drafted as a shortstop he's playing third base so traditionally you want to see your third baseman hitting like a third baseman he's not hitting like a third baseman he's hitting like a shortstop he's hitting like a uh, a shortstop who's going to hit 15 home runs this season. Well, he was always projected to be a guy who hits in a season somewhere between 12 to 18 home runs. And that's he's got eight right now. Well, that's fine. But my thing is the average. Right. The 253, um, a 333 on base percentage. It's just, he ain't doing it for me. He's not, yeah, he's not, um, He's still getting over. Or he's not. Um, he's not adjusting those curveballs. He's still seeing a ton of curveballs, and it's not working out for him. More times than or it's working out for him. Or it's not working out for him more times than not. Um, 
I still think he's a he he still has the pedigree as a good contact hitter. So, I mean, the talent is there. Yeah, I'm, the talent's definitely there to raise the average. I just want to see. I just want to see it. Right. Uh, there's still speak, time. Don't speak about it. Be about it. Be, <laughs> there's still time, and um, I mean, if that worries you that much, then it's I not guess, a big worry. It's a slight worry, considering right. how great everything else is. Yeah, it's just something I'm keeping my eye on. Same thing with the uh, Guriel. Mm-hmm. Um, just keeping my eye on the things that aren't great, just in case we need to upgrade a layer. Right, so I mean, if you give up, it's, let's say you give up Bregman in a trade, and now you are committed to Yuli and Marwin as your starters full time. You see. they're they're good. They've proven to be good in short spurts. Are they? Is that going to translate into a full time gig? Mm, there's no way to know. Um, I sent you that um, that trade offer. Yeah, that we that I saw on um, I believe it was MLB MLB Network. Yeah, uh, do you remember what it was? Look it up real quick. I, I know you have to make that trade if that's actually, you know, now, if, I, if that was ever discussed or we're not sure if this is an actual trade. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. It's just a uh, what was the analyst's name? Mark DeRosa mm-hmm. was on one of the MLB Network shows. And came up with this trade, and um, I saw it on Twitter, and I, I sent the picture to Anthony, and we were, we didn't really discuss it, per se. Well, we could talk about it right now. I mean, you would do that trade. I would do it. Would you? Oh. Uh, because the fantasy, it's, it's, it's a fantasy trade at yeah. this point. It's you, a fantasy deal. It? Yeah, it's. Yeah, uh, tell people. The Astros would trade, in a fantasy setting, the Astros would trade. Bregman, Derek Fisher, who was up earlier this year. Mm-hmm. And was impressive. Was impressive. Francis Martez. Who, again, has shown flashes. And Forrest Whitley. Who was the Astros' first-round pick last year. Mm-hmm. To the Baltimore Orioles, in a fantasy trade. <laughs> I have to keep saying that. Yes, because we have our sources are Twitter. Our sources are your sources, people. <laughs> And in this proposed fantasy deal, they would the Astros would send that package to Baltimore, and in this fantasy deal, the Astros would receive Manny Machado. <coughs> That's a deal I make ten times out of ten. Machado is still young; mm-hmm. he'd be going to a winning team that, um, based on some of the thing, some of the antics he's. No, it's not all his fault, but some of the things that he's been involved with. Especially with the Red Sox. Right. Uh, that's a team that's gonna, that'll help rein him in a little bit. Uh, whether he's at fault for these things or not, it'll, I think that the culture that is in that clubhouse is strong enough to, um, to take on a personality like his. He's young just like the rest of the team. And he can hit 30 home runs. The problem I have with him is he's got one more year of arbitration mm-hmm. next year, and then in 2019 he's a free agent. Sure. And he will be one of those $300 million guys. He's your equivalent to a max player at yeah. this point. 
And if you already believe Carlos Correa is going to be that guy, and you know, I think in the two or three, three or four years down the road, you're going to have to re up Altuve, and you're going to try to pay Springer. Where's your payroll going to be? Well, it's uh, it's going to be probably the highest payroll in baseball. Just based on those three guys alone. Mm-hmm. And is um, Crane really willing to pay that much? I know he said that he would be willing to pay once the Astros start will, winning. But it's one thing to say that, and then it's another thing to get that bill coming. Right. Well, I, I think if uh, fans are still filling the ballpark in three, four years' time, um, yeah, I could see him honoring that. But again, fantasy trade. Yeah, there's like a one percent chance of this happening. Sure, I, I wholeheartedly believe Baltimore is going to hold on to Machado until next year. So I don't worry about that. Um, anything else in the Astros? Uh, go Astros, go! I mean, that's pretty much it, man. They, um, it's a good time to be an Astros fan. After so many, many, many hopeless years. <laughs> um, yeah. That's that's it, man. They. Um, this is the best chance that we've had in a long time to win it all. This is the best of times. It was the blurst of times. All right, moving on. We're going to hit up a couple of uh, teams across the league. Um... I'll give you a choice. Who do you want to start with? Pick one. Um, let's start with uh, let's start with the Nationals. All right, starting with the Nationals. Um, currently, their record is forty-seven and thirty-two. I thought they were better than that. What interests you about the Nationals? Because before we do the podcast, we run through, we do an outline. And Anthony brought the Nationals. I just wrote down which side we're going to talk about. They are their regular season team yes. that has championship talent that doesn't perform in, in the playoffs. Um, Bryce Harper has bounced back completely. He's hitting over 300 again. He's closer to his uh, season totals from last year. You just want to talk about Bryce Harper. At the midway point, team, well, huh? uh, partly. I mean, right. he's, he's on my fantasy team, but he's getting on base. He's hitting home runs. He's driving in runs. He's scoring runs. Um, and, I mean, he's you know he's the clear leader of that offense. But then again, but then also, Ryan Zimmerman, who was left for dead three years ago. And rightfully so. Couldn't throw baseball. Couldn't throw baseball. Couldn't hit. He's leading the, he was leading the league in hitting uh Three days ago, and still might be. I mean, he's hitting three three forty going into tonight, which is ridiculous. It's like out of nowhere, completely out of nowhere. They drug test um, Eric Thames. Did they? Damn near every time he hits a home run. I hope someone's standing by Ryan Zimmerman's lockers with a with a cup for him to pee in. Because it's just ridiculous how he he's like Lazarus. He rose from the grave to be able to hit again. I mean, he's he's I mean, he's he's got 19 home runs and 62 RBI at the halfway point, basically. Yeah. Last year, he only hit 15. Oh. So he's already surpassed all of his totals from last year in 70 in half the time. 
home runs, RBI, uh, doubles. He's hmm. almost oh, oh. equaled his hit total. How many games has he, has he played in the last, I want to say, three years? The last three years, he has played 61, 95, and 115 games. So that's what? Uh, oh, 270 games? 271 games? 271. Oh, are you asking me to do math? That was never my best. That was as quickly as I could, and I think that's correct. I, I'll double check. So, an average of about 90 games uh, the past three seasons? 271, right on the money. There you go. I'm so, um, so proud. Yeah, I guess so. 61, 95, and 115. Um, so basically, he's been, I know he's had um, back injuries. He's working his way. Is this what his true talent would have been if he hadn't been hurt those past three years? I don't know, because in 09, he hit 33 home runs and hit 292. He's driven in over 100 runs twice in his career. Um, He's, he was a good hit. I mean, I, like, in terms of fantasy baseball, I remember from what, when did we start? What, 07, I think? 07 or 08? I remember since that time, from like 07 to 2010, mm-hmm. I was always trying to get him in a trade because he was always hitting, he always hit well, for, and he was a third baseman. Um, he was hitting for, you know, decent power, driving in runs and, you know, Scoring, uh, scoring plenty of runs, and hitting for a decent average, and then he just hit that wall where he got hurt, and then could not throw a baseball. But part of it, he he injured his elbow, I believe, one of those years. I think you're right. His injuries just kind of they all morph into yeah. one huge injury list. Like um, who's that guy? Uh, David Wright. Oh wow, David Wright. They just showed up in bunches. They were right, fell off the cliff, and then the damn cliff fell and hit him. Yeah. But uh, looking at the rest of this team, I mean, they've got a good starting rotation. They've got Max Scherzer, who's just going along as Max Scherzer. Uh, Steven Strasburg is... He's in a weird situation because he was it, supposed it, to be the greatest strikeout pitcher of all time, and then he blew out his elbow and showed promise after he got, in, after he got well. Or after he, you know, came back from, from injury, and then he just he's, became a consistent pitcher. He is, it always feels like he is too good to be a number two pitcher, like he should be the ace. Mm-hmm. But he he hasn't reached that status as a consistent number one, like Scherzer, uh, Kershaw, guys like that. So he, he probably, he's, he's a little bit overqualified to be a number two but it might He's actually not good enough to be number one. He it might actually be the perfect role for him to have Scherzer be the guy mm-hmm. and him just take up the slack as the next one. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like you're too good to be number one to be number two, mm-hmm. but you're not good enough to be number one. So where do you, uh, like how do you compute that? That mm-hmm. just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But that's the reality. Mm-hmm. That is it. Just doesn't get any more. Um, more true than that. I agree wholeheartedly. That is a mixture of an early morning and a late night. People. <laughs> I apologize. Um, you can always edit that out, right? Yeah. In, yeah. Too late now. Yeah. We try not to edit out mistakes. We f up. We let you know. Um, anything else on the Nationals? Uh, they're you know 
poised to make the playoffs again, and we'll see if they continue to disappoint. Only thing that might sink them is their bullpen, because their bullpen is horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, blown leads, um, coming in with a one-run lead, leaving with a five-run deficit, uh, coming in down one and leaving down seven. They do it all, and it's all bad. Mm-hmm. Um, their team, I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I feel like they're the perfect team to go and try to trade with the White Sox to get uh, their closer, Robertson, and bring him in. Hopefully, actually, they should just get everybody they can off the White Sox, make some big trade, get Robertson a couple and um, a couple more relievers, bring them over uh, to to Washington, D.C., and try to, try to short that bullpen. Because if not, that's the one thing that's going to get knocked out of the playoffs. Yeah. All right. That sounds. That sounds. Yeah, just about right. All right. So more than more time than I thought we'd spend on the Nationals. Yeah. Well, you know we're long winded. We can make anything. You got the next pick. All right. So let's pick. Do we have any more? We have one AL team. So I guess now nah, let's just do. Let's pick the Cubs. Okay. Let's talk about the Cubs. You're picking the Cubs. Yeah. I am not picking the Cubs. The Cubs are, are currently 40 and 39. They basically spent the entire year hovering around 500. Mm-hmm. You, uh, World Series hangover. That's what you're going with? I'm going with reg- regression, regression, regression. Last year, they had one of the best defensive of defenses of the century. And it's regressed because they don't have the same personnel. Guys like um, Ben Zobris have taken a step back. And I don't know who thought it was a good idea to put the statue known as Kyle Schwarber on the outfield. <laughs> but that failed spectacularly. And he's currently, I believe, he got sent down to the AAA. Went back to Iowa. Yeah. Nothing has worked right for, for the Cubs. Uh their pitching rotation right now. Their ERA as a team is four forty eight. Um, I'm looking right here on, on Fangraphs going by WAR. They are currently the their entire pitching staff is sixteenth. Their pitching staff is the product of buying a pitching staff. Yeah, so you know what happens when you buy a pitching staff? You're buying guys that are in their year 28, 29 seasons after arbitration, and so they get old fast. Especially a guy like John Lackey. Who's 38 years old. John Lester's 33. Jake Arietta's 31. Eddie Butler, who I don't even think they were expecting to be in the rotation, is 26. But he's a burnout from uh, from Colorado. Yeah, you're right. He got these damaged goods in, you know, from Colorado. Um, and they've used Mike Montgomery as a starter, mm-hmm. who's been back and forth as a starter reliever. Um, yeah, this uh, they have four guys who have made more than ten starts, and out of those four, there's only one guy who has an ERA below four, and that's John Lester, and it's three sixty nine. Lackey's ERA is five twenty four. Arietta who won the Cy Young Award two years ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. His ERA currently is 467. Uh, Hendricks, 409. 
and you just talk about Montgomery three, but he's only made four starts. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, Brett Anderson has made six starts, ERA of, you want to take a guess? Six? He wishes 8.18. Lord. So this team offensively has the makings of being a long, like the Astros, a long-term young offense that, you know, if they play together, they're going to be a great offense. They're still actually kind of struggling. Uh, Bryant is not hitting as well as he had as he had the past two years. Um, and uh, Schwarber, like I said, got sent down. I came to this. Schwarber was hitting 171 yeah. with 12 home runs. Mm-hmm. He's striking out a ton. That's basically, uh, what was, who was Mark McGuire's? One of his last year where he hit like 40 home runs, but hit like two, well, hit like, not even that much, like 160 while doing it. And I know I'm exaggerating, but it's something like that. It's You're hitting home runs, but you're striking out. Every other time, basically. Over a quarter of the time, 28% of the time. And then if you look, Jason Hayward is on the DL. Zobrist is on the DL. Um... So you're giving guys like Ian Happ, Albert Amora Jr., um, John Jay, they're all getting more reps. Bryant, you know. And Happ probably should still be down AAA. I yeah. know he came up and he was on fire for the first week, two weeks that he was up. Then he struggled he, for the next yeah. three, and the past two weeks he's picked it back up. Um, but so, so the offense does is built to be kind of long-term, it, it looks like. Mm-hmm. On paper, it looks like. Um, the pitching staff is a bought and paid for pitching staff that is a dumpster fire right now. That did what they were intended. They're, they did what they were uh, bought and paid for, and that was to win a World Series. They won mm-hmm. the World Series last year. Yeah, can't fault them. Yeah. Every Cubs fan will trade that for trade this year mm-hmm. and even if they suck the next year or two years they'll take that for that World Series ring and because this uh, because the offense is composed of or com- uh, is made up of such a young nucleus mm-hmm. it's not a team that it's not a Miami Marlins or Florida Marlins team of 03 or even 97 where they won the World Series and the next year they fire sale. Complete fire sale. This team offensively is built to last, but pitching wins championships and pitching gets you there as well, and they're just not getting it done right now. It is a, like I said, a dumpster fire. Um, go to, I'm still in Fangraphs looking at their playoff uh, probabilities. Fangraphs gives the Cubs a 72.9% chance of winning the division, and Basically, a six percent chance to win the wild card. So, total, the Cubs have a seventy-eight point eight percent chance of making the playoffs. Still good. How do you feel about that? Do you, Leah? I I think that's because uh... even though we're trashing them and talking about, they're still only one game back behind the uh, division leading Brewers. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a fair assessment. I think they're still going to make the playoffs. Um, but I don't see them being on such a like being on the run that they were last year. I think last year was just simply destiny. Um, they got the right pitching 
you know, at the right time, like all at their peaks, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it got them what they wanted. Now, after years of drafting, Hap, Bryant, uh, trading for Russell and Rizzo, um, also uh, Baez, getting guys like that, that core that you've got, that you've built through trades and draft, going forward you gotta focus on developing that pitching, mm-hmm. you know. You've got guys that are gonna be there for a while, they're gonna hit, mm-hmm. let's work on, you know, building your pitching pool down in the minors. And they... Something they, to balance out mm-hmm. the, the offense. They went about building their team the exact opposite that the Mets did. The Mets went after pitching, you know, uh, Syndergaard, Harvey, yeah. trading for Wheeler, DeGrom, and you see what happened. what's happened. The only guy that stayed healthy so far is DeGrom. Um, Wheeler's, I don't know if he's still in the DL or not, but he's been out. Syndergaard's been out and hasn't been effective. Matt Harvey, there's a story today that they had a, a press conference and one of the reporters asked about um, Matt Harvey and the GM as, oh, I don't know, have you checked page six? So, uh, that relationship is deteriorating. But you you see how fragile pitching is mm-hmm. and how if you're building, you need to build through the position players. And, yeah, if you get a guy, a, a special guy, like I was going to say Strasburg, but he blew out his ACL. You know, I mean, his um his elbow. I said knee, his elbow. Mm-hmm. If you get a special guy like that, you can draft It's UCL. Yeah, UCL. But mostly you want to go through, you want to go into the draft looking for position players. Sure. This is the part where I cry because the Astros could have had um, Chris Bryant but drafted Mark Capel instead. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Side note, you know it would be an interesting project? It's just a, a column. To fu- you remember the Brady Aiken draft? The other mm-hmm. guys we draft and couldn't keep because we decided Aiken, just to see where their careers have gone since then. Uh, Aiken is in Cleveland. No, I'm talking about the other guys. Yes. Um, I don't remember their names right now. Yeah, I don't either. Off the top of my head. I'm looking at that. All right, uh, don't the Cubs? Sure. You think they made playoffs and so do I. Although I think they're probably done after the first round. That's, yeah, wouldn't be surprised. All right, your pick, my friend. Let's go with the Yankees. All right. I think I think uh, anybody that's listening has probably been clamoring for us to talk about the Yankees, especially since we're playing them this weekend. Um, we, uh, the Astros are in town the weekend that we're recording this, and uh, they're facing the Yankees. Speaking of which, I tried to look to see how my tickets were going to be. No, thank you. Yeah, cheapest would be what thirty bucks, and that's all the way up in those leagues. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll stay home with my HDTV. Thank you very much. No problem there. But yeah, back to Yankees. Um, Let me look they at the are ahead of schedule. Yes, they're currently forty-two and thirty-five. Well, forty-three and thirty-five. That's tonight's game. Um, they are way ahead of schedule. I thought they would still be rebuilding. They'd be somewhere around 500. But they've really broken out. And it's 
Maybe because of one man. One man? All rise for Aaron Judge. Oh, yes, Aaron Judge. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, the guy is an absolute monster. I mean, literally and figuratively. I mean... Do you see that picture of him in spring training where they're all lined up together? He's like a foot taller than the guy next to him? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's built like LeBron James. He's built like a tight end. He mm-hmm. is he's 6'7", 280, right? Yep. He's the biggest position player in baseball history, right? Mm, he's bigger than Richie Sexton? Oh, yeah, that's right. Or was Sexton 6'7"? No, Sexton, I think, was 6'8". You're right. I... I, I, I don't know why I know he's why sex was so tall. Six eight, yeah. All right, so but he probably got him in the weight. Uh, six eight two eighty. Sexton, really? Yeah, he's a big boy. Oh, big boy, big boy, big boy. Aaron Judge six seven two eighty two. Ah. So the largest position player in base. I'm saying it. Okay. He's the largest position player. Um, the guy is hitting 450 foot home runs like like I change a channel you know just monster bombs he hit that one out of that damn near went out of Yankee Stadium 495 I didn't expect um, him to have this much controlled strike zone I mean the home runs were expected because of his size and power Mm -hmm. but currently he's hitting 331 I never thought he'd be more than a 260 hitter. Yeah, I mean, the comparisons to Giancarlo Stanton are there. The power is there. Um, But he's kicking his butt in terms of hitting for everything else. Yeah, hitting for average, um, on-base percentage, slugging, um, uh, swinging uh, balls outside the strike zone. He's not doing that. And he's just been... Almost like breathtaking. It's just and he's amazing. the he's the catalyst for his team that's winning. And Stanton was not. I mean, you know, they're they're winning, and they've got a good young nucleus. Guys still in the minors that are trying to make their way up. They just lost a guy against uh, Torres, right? Huh? Was was it Glyber Torres? He was. He's done. Fowler. Yes. Yeah, Justin Fowler, I think. I believe so. He ran to a barrier and like, mm-hmm. just completely wrecked himself. That was in his first game with the Yankees mm-hmm. on the on the big league roster. Yeah, but imagine, um, imagine that your first game, your parents are there, you're happy, and then boom, get carted off. Yeah, you're carted off, and your season is over. I feel terrible for the guy. Yeah, it's um, it's. It's a great offense. I mean, Judge, Gary Sanchez is your catcher. Uh, Didi Gregorius is holding his own as the, you know, the interim replacement for Derek mm-hmm. Jeter yeah. until Glyber Torres makes his way up. You look at this team, and it's like, aside from Judge, there's there are no real superstars. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of really solid guys. Yep. It's like... To the Astros, to a lesser extent, except for Judge, everybody's out there basically just coming, doing their job, going home, and there's no like really 
there's no weak point. There's no terrible players out there. They're just consistent. That's what yes. it's for. Yeah. I mean, you've got veterans like Matt Holiday. Uh, Holiday? Yeah. On team? He's on the he's on the Yankees. Jeez, Matt Holiday, Brett Gardner, Jacoby Ellsbury. Those guys are still with the team. They're and they're still you know hitting adequately. And then the pitching has been surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. The rotation is young and it's it's holding its own. Montgomery is uh, has an ERA under four. He's like a three and a, three and a half ERA. Uh, Pineda's pitching well. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't like living in a world where the the Yankees are good. <laughs> well, you've lived in that world for most of your life. That's why I don't like living in it now. Why? I want the Yankees. I want them to be bad. I want other teams to be. I want to bring them down, just because they've been so good for so long. I want them to come down. I want to drag them down. Look at me, drag. Them. I I enjoy a world where the Yankees are good. It um. It. It riles up fans, and that's always fun to see fans. Oh, speaking of fans, let me ask you a question. Personal experience. Whose fans are worse, Yankees or Red Sox? Um, personal experience, I'd probably say Yankees. i say Red Sox. Yankees are bad. Yankees are tough. Ever yeah. since the Red Sox won that championship in 04, and then again in 07, Red Sox fans have become entitled. Yeah. Oh God. Well, no. That's they've been that, Boston fans have been like that since two thousand two. Since, like since the Patriots won the first title. No, when it came to baseball, before they won, they were just losers and they just accepted it. But when they started, they started winning and they won the first title after the second one. They just, completely forgot that for the past ninety years prior, they stunk. Mm-hmm. They have, and they'll they'll never admit it. They have become the Yankees, going out there, buying oh, yeah. everybody, getting all the stars. They're no longer the local team that tries and builds to the draft. They go out there and spend the money, like the Dave Price contract. Or um, who else? Uh, Pablo Sandoval. Or uh, the, the, uh, the Chris Sale trade. I mean, they gave up a ton for that guy. Their top prospects. They were unafraid to do it. Yeah. But they're the Yankees now. They're, it's the the Yankees are now have the cast of lovable misfits with the one huge honking Hulk Hulkosaurus. Yeah. And while the Red Sox have become the the Red Army, I guess is the best way to put it. They just print money <laughs> and buy air right now. Pretty much. Uh, anything else on the Yankees? Uh, like I said, Pineda's pitching well. Severino's pitching well. Uh, Chapman is back this season as your closer. Mm-hmm. Good bullpen. Batances is holding his own. He he was closing for a little bit while Chapman was out for a brief moment. It's a solid team that has, uh, like you said, one megastar mm-hmm. and a bunch of average to good role players. Guys who are holding their own, who are representing the Yankees. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's probably the best way to put it. They're not, 
They're not playing like a bunch of losers. They're playing like Yankees. All right, best way to put it. Yeah. All right, I believe it's your my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Oh, I almost want to put these teams together. You should, because they're they're all in the same division. Uh, all right. Uh, we're gonna. This is the last team teams we're gonna talk about: Diamondbacks, Rockies, and the Giants. So the Giants are in last place in the division. Are they in last place? Hold on. Yeah, I think the Padres might be worse though. By no, the nope. You Giants are, are wow. Down two the, games. Padres are four games ahead of them. Yeah. And the Padres are terrible. Yeah. Well, Bumgarner... On purpose. Yeah. Bumgarner got hurt, I guess, a month into the season. He only He's only made three starts this year and didn't get a win in any of those three starts. That's So that says one thing. Um, it's just a... It's an old team all of a sudden, it seems like. That's ridiculous. Bumgarner got hurt, and everybody looked around and was like, well, he ain't got to play, I ain't got to play. Pretty That's much. That's why everybody just went on vacation or something. Uh, I'm trying to get to the stats right now. I mean, you got Buster Posey, who's old. Well, yeah. How old is Buster Posey? He's 30. Is he? He's he not is. that old. Buster Posey is 30. And he's your catcher. I'm going to point out I'm 31. Stop saying 30 is old. Well, he's, he's old for a catcher. Okay, there you go. You gotta quantify it. <laughs> Hunter Pence is thirty-four. Ooh, time flew by with that dude. He, all of a sudden, he he's thirty-four. I remember the guy was flying around Minute Maid. He's mm-hmm. like a twenty-three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, boom, he's thirty-four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Joe Panic. I mean, Brandon Belt is twenty-nine. How old is Brandon Crawford? Is he like he's thirty old? Yep, sneaky old. Sneaky old. Denard Spann is 33. Um, and then they've got a bunch of guys on the DL. Bumgarner, Melanson, Michael Morse, who's 35, and he's still playing. Uh, who I mean, who else do you have? Uh, Matt Kane is still pitching for them. He's, what, 33, I think? Matt Kane's still pitching? He's still pitching. He's 32. Is he um, pitching effectively? No, he's pitching <laughs> like Matt Cain's been pitching for the past two years, three years. Uh, Johnny Cueto is thirty-one. He's still pitching, and he Cueto might be a guy who gets traded. How? What's his season looking like? He's pitching well enough to get traded because he has to opt out in his contract. So if he pitches well enough, he can opt out and you know go grab some more money. He's pitching well enough to get traded, but he's it's still not great. He's six and seven with a four twenty six ERA, one thirty three WHIP, ninety six strikeouts. But for a guy who, in years past, and uh, recently, uh, by years past, I mean recently, just last year, won eighteen games, is a guy who can pitch well, and he he can serve as a uh, three. I'd say even a four or five. He, he, that would be a great four or five to have in your rotation. I'm trying to figure out what the heck happened to him. He's, oh. he's just playing for a bad team. That's true. That's pretty much the only way to look at it. I oh, I see what's, what's going on. Last year, um, his home runs per nine innings, point six one. This year, 
1.61. He's given up twice as many home runs, and he's also walking more. Wow. That's a terrible combination. Yeah. You're putting got more guys on base and then giving up more home runs. That's not a guy I would like. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, he's talented. We've seen it before, but that's not a, a work winning combination in any um, in any stadium, especially one who has such a short left uh, oh, left forge at Minnie Maid Park. Hmm. Um, well, so basically, they've been. They, it's just it's they just, got old and beat up. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, I'm feeling like even with Bumgarner, they might still be fighting. They might be in fourth place mm-hmm. instead of fifth because I don't see how this aging team with one superstar pitcher would be able to catch up to the Dodgers, the Rockies, and the uh, Diamondbacks. Yeah, I mean, look, he's Bumgarner's made four starts. He's zero three in those starts with a three ERA. So are they just not score? They're just not scoring for him, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, they would absolutely be fighting for last place with still you know trying to stay you know above last place with San Diego, even with Bumgarner. Time kills us all. So, um, it's an odd year for the for the Giants. So maybe they'll bounce back next year in twenty eighteen, and wind up in the postseason. And I don't see how they're going to have to do a lot of. Yeah, I mean, it's basically, when you have so many guys going into their mid thirties, mm-hmm. you might get one like special bring it all together season where you can approach five hundred or approach the playoffs. But it'd be better for them to start selling. And see so they get. Yeah. I mean, Bumgarner obviously would get the most return. Yeah, but I don't think they trade him. But Cueto would get a nice return. If. Whew, I don't know. After we just got done trashing him, do you feel like trading for him? Um, not if you're the Astros because mm-hmm. of that porch. But if you. I don't know. If you play, say, Minnesota, it's a big stadium, it's a big outfield. Yeah, but still, if I came to you and told you there was a guy available for trade and he's given up more walks than he did last year and twice as many home runs and he's 32, yeah. you would you would look up on your papers and ask, why am I even in your <laughs> office? Yeah. Uh, Honestly, I can see the Nationals making a run for him. Really? They're the kind of team that would take him with, with his experience. Uh, with their urgency to win now, with they their need, outfield, they need bullpen more than anything. Sure, but you're right because they might have again. They might have an opening for the fourth, fifth, fifth spot. I mean, it's not a part priority, mm-hmm. but if you want to make a splash, it's a way to go. And if you knew, now the problem is you looked at we're looking at to look at those stats. Those stats. I don't think there's any way in hell he opts out of his contract. And then you're stuck with that for, I believe, another three years. Yeah. But the offense is still good enough to bail him out, I think, of some, some matchups. And they're they're obviously willing to spend money. They've spent a lot of money on Scherzer, um, Scherzer and Jason Worth. 
GSM. Oh, I'm sorry. You have that for another... He's only 31, so I was wrong about that. And after this season, his contract is for another four years. $21 million per. Quato? Oh, yeah, that's right. He cashed in last year. <laughs> Big time. His contract, six years, $130 million for the opt-out after the second year. Yeah, that's right. The Nationals do it all the time. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but would you want to be paying a guy $21 million when he's $35 million? When he's 30, I'm sorry. 35 years old. Sorry. It's paying $21 million when he's 35 years old and he already has declining preferentials right now. Like I said, Washington's done it. Los Angeles has done it. Mm -hmm. Um, I know they've done it. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't feel comfortable. So so I'm saying there are teams that you could sell them to. Mm -hmm. I still still think there, there are teams out there. I agree, but the you're not getting. I don't think you're getting a top 100 prospect for him. Yeah, that's that's probably true as well. Uh, <laughs> well, there's no point in talking about their playoff odds. Yeah, yeah. SOL. Uh, moving on and finishing, we're gonna finish up, wrap it up with the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Yeah. Uh, Two teams that are surprisingly still over 500. Yeah, currently the Diamondbacks are 50 and 30, and the Rockies are 47 and 34. So Arizona's hitting again. Goldschmidt is hitting again. He's hitting really well again. Is he now? Is he? Yeah. I'm just doing filler because the internet has stopped on me. <laughs> it's oh, just giving okay. me. It's just saying, oh, I'm loading. It's like, oh, great. Could you load me faster? But Brandon Drury uh, is hitting well. Who are we talking about again? We're talking about the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. Right? Okay. Chris Owings is hitting well. The shortstop. I don't know what team I was looking for. Jake Lamb is contributing. Uh, their outfield is. It's actually. Like, it's got a bunch of guys that aren't, you know, household names. Um, but this team is still doing well. The pitching has bounced back, kind of. Well, I think the, let's see, how has he been doing this year? You talking about Greinke? No, I'm talking about Taiwan Walker. Oh. I think that was a great trade for both teams. I think, sure, you gave up a... a Guy that hit really well the past couple of years and Gene Segura. Um, but you've got a guy in Chris Owings who is filling in nicely for him. Plus, in Chase Stadium in Arizona, it is a hitter's park. Mm-hmm. So if you have a hitter that's going good and you think the park is helping him slightly, there's somebody willing to give you a great pitching prospect for him. Trade a away. guy who has been inconsistent, mm-hmm. but he's still 24 years old. And is at one point was a, a top ten pitching prospect, um, or a top ten overall prospect in in baseball, in Taiwan Walker. So putting him in the rotation with Granke, uh, with the De La Rosa brothers, Ruby and Jorge. Well, no, Jorge is I think relief pitcher. Uh, but Are they actually brothers? 
No, no. Okay, thank God. One is from Mexico, one is from Dominican Republic. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, looks like Zach Godley's are, pitching. Yeah, their stars are Patrick Corrin, Zach Grinke, Robbie Ray, Taiwan, Taiwan, Walker. Yeah. All right, what it? And Zach Godley. So bias game star. Those are the five that has the most. And compared to the Dodgers rotation, that's like that's how it should be. Like the Dodgers have a better rotation, but a slightly better rotation. It's that's. Kind of the progression. That's the I the way I look at their rotation. That's set up that, the way it's supposed to be. Well, the Dodgers are supposed to be a better rotation with uh, with Kershaw, Just with Kershaw <laughs> essentially. Um, Kershaw and pray for rain. That's all you need. Yeah. Do you can you name one person on the Dodgers rotation? Is uh, Ryu still pitching? Ryu? Ryu. Uh, like, uh, I'd say Street Ryu. fire forever. I still love, uh, I'll always say it that way, but uh, Ryu is he still pitching? I believe so. Yeah. So that's that's it, right? For him? Mm-hmm. For I mean, there. Zach Greinke has really turned it around. Yeah. ZRA last year was 4.37. Uh, he's taken, he's slapped off over a run, is now 3.08. Strikeouts are up. Walks are down, um, home runs are down. He's gotten just used to pitching in in a hitter's park. Like yeah. you said, Kenta Maeda pitches for the Dodgers. Sure, Alex Wood is pitching lights out for the Dodgers. Sure, but um, look, I'm gonna tell, tell the, the people packs. what I told you before we started. I know nothing about the Dodgers because they game start while I'm already in bed sleeping. Well, so are the, the Diamondbacks, but... Yeah, that is true. But the Diamondbacks deserve a little attention because they're surprisingly good this year. They're not um, the Diamondbacks of last year that were not very good. Uh, they're hitting well all around again. Mm-hmm. And... The pitching is... They got their ace. Yeah, they've got their ace. Pitching like an ace. A year late, but still. But still surrounded by good young pitching as well. Mm -hmm. So, good for them. Good for them. And the Rockies, where where did this come from? I have no idea. Smoke and mirrors, that's what I'm saying. It's... uh, I guess offensively you should never be surprised by a good hitting Rockies offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how can you argue with Nolan Arenado, <laughs> Charlie Blackman, and uh, uh, out of nowhere, Mark Reynolds hitting like an all-star, hitting over 290, among the league leaders in, hit, in, uh, in home runs and RBI in the National League. He's, he's thriving in this ballpark this year. Like, if you're a struggling hitter, you should try to make it to Chase Field or um, Coors Field. Yeah. Someplace where the air is going to help you. And as we can see, uh, Mark Reynolds did that, and he's definitely come along. Mm-hmm. A career 238 hitter is hitting 296 full-time. Full-time, mind you. This is not just a – he came in – with, they brought him in with the idea of playing platooning uh, him with uh, Ian Desmond. Yeah. And, and Ian with Desmond, Desmond getting... He broke more. his hand, didn't he? I think so. 
in spring training. And so Reynolds got the <coughs> job and ran with it. Absolutely. So Arch surpassed homers, RBI. He's hitting much better, a higher average. It's almost, he's 30 hits away from equaling his hits total from last year. Uh-huh. Runs scored. He's on pace to break or a beat beat out from last year doubles <clears throat> I mean he's hitting he's hitting well all around and then to go to the other side of the ball their pitching staff I have no idea how they're doing this they're so they got um, they got nine wins out of a rookie Antonio Sensatella. Uh, thank you. And but he struggled. Well, but he's given up a lot of runs. Yeah. Do you see what his ERA is? It's about four thirty six. Four sixty eight. Four sixty eight. Yeah. Um. So they moved him to the bullpen temporarily. Oh. Okay. Yeah. This. This was. So like look a week at this. Showing his. He's pitched ninety innings. Yeah. And. Ooh, he has a walk problem. And he doesn't strike out enough. They all have walk problems. Good lord, Kyle Freeman, three point four walk uh, walks per nine. Tyler Chatwood, four point eight. Um, Marquez, Jeremy Marquez, three point two five. Tyler Anderson, three point two seven. Woo! But the offense is still doing well enough to to get some wins for them. It has to be those guys we talked about. Uh, the four pitchers I named plus the rookie. Only one of them has an ERA below four. It's Freeman, and it's three point eight four. Tyler Anderson has an ERA of six point one one and sixty three and one thirds innings. Whew. The <laughs> offense is bailing those boys out. Oh yeah, we talk about our rotation. These are the sensible. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Well. We're not here to hate. We're here to show some love. I yeah. mean, it's been a long time since you could say there's been a race in the NL West. Mm-hmm. And they have a shot. To, they have a shot to win a wild card spot. Let's see. They're Go better on. than most teams in the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, better than a few of the teams in the Central. We didn't even want to talk about the Central besides the Cubs. Um, let's see. So they're on fan graphs. They give the Dodgers a ninety-four point seven percent chance winning the division. Too high or too low? That's about right. Or about right. That's just, yeah. And as far as the wild card, Diamondbacks are giving the eighty six point nine percent chance. Rockies a sixty six point six percent chance. How does that feel about you? Uh so basically what Fangraph is saying that both wild cards will come out of the West, the NOS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, only one of those teams, either the Dodgers, or, no, I'm sorry, not the uh, either the Diamondbacks or Rockies will come out with the wild card. Who is that? I could see two teams from the Central coming out. Who? Cubs and Brewers. Cubs and Cardinals. Uh, well, probably Cubs and Brewers because Brewers are pitching well. Um, but I, I don't. I have no faith in the Cardinals. I think this is the year that it's they sell it. Yeah. I think they're sold at the deadline. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I should have said the Cardinals. But um, Saint, I, I don't, with the Brewers, I think that 
they're just happy to be here. They're ahead of schedule as far as their rebuild. Mm-hmm. I can see them, you know, when the trade deadline comes, they don't really do anything major, mm-hmm. and they just they just keep the keep on going, just keep selling straight, and could get into trouble a little bit further down down the season. That could cause them to crash and burn. Sure. That yeah, no, that could happen. But I, I feel like the Rockies pitching is not strong enough to carry them mm-hmm. to a, even a wild card spot. Um, and they, Man, we they say I that, still don't think they have enough to offensively. I mean, Arenado's great. Reynolds, how how much longer is he going to keep this pace up? Uh, so the Brewers are three games above five hundred. Mm-hmm. The Rockies are thirteen games above five hundred. Yeah, I. But I don't. I don't know play, how, how. Technically, the Rockies play in a stronger division, mm-hmm. um, and play in a more dangerous ballpark. Can you say they play in a stronger division, considering they have the sisters of the poor and the Padres and the Giants down there? Yeah, because there there's two teams ahead of them. Uh, that have better pitching and a better and a better offense. The That's Rockies' true. advantage is that they play in that ballpark. That's true, but I'm saying they can beat up on the Padres and the Giants. When you look at the Brewers, who everybody is around the same same level, who are they beating up on? It feels like in the NL Central, those teams are really just going to beat up each other because there's not a unless the Cubs get it all together. There's not a great team in there. Yeah, well, then I see the Brewers winning the division and letting the Cubs try to fight their way for the uh, second wild card spot. I mean, you're, you make a very valid point. It makes a lot of sense, but uh, I don't know. I just don't think the Cubs, the, I'm sorry, the Rockies can keep this pace up. But who knows? Yeah. Stranger things have happened, right? We'll put a bet on this sucker. Sure. Who? Uh, second wild card or second wild card? Let's uh, just say wild card period because they might jump. Sure. So I got the Rockies. I've got a an NL Central team. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Cubs or Brewers, either way. Sound good? Cheaping out, you can't even just pick one team. Uh, Cubs for the second for the wild card for the yeah that second and last wild card spot. All right, shake on it. Put her there. Yeah, you dumb bastard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> for all of you at home, he just wiped. We did a handshake. He just wiped his hands on his. We were supposed to do. That's what we always do. There you go. Dang. All right, man. Anything else, man? Uh no, this is uh this is this was a funner episode to do because I follow baseball a lot. I can More tell and a lot we're closer. We're almost at the hour and a half mark. I felt I follow baseball much more closely than I do basketball. Mm-hmm. Um for reasons we talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. So listen to that. Um so it was it was fun talking about baseball. Uh and considering you know our our hometown team is in first place in all of baseball is a great feeling and it it gives you reason to want to talk about baseball yeah. for an extended period of time no more sad times over here we no more there's yeah there's reason to be happy everything is awesome absolutely 
Except for injuries. Injuries suck. But they're still, we're still holding our own. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thanks again for, for listening. Uh, it was a fun one. This is a fun one. Uh, shout out to all of the bots on Twitter who every time De Quincey posts uh, our episode on Twitter, we get a bunch of likes. We get a yeah, ton of yeah, likes yeah. from a ton of bots who are clearly bots. Yes. I've, I've never seen a more good-looking group of likers on any post I've ever posted on Twitter. Uh, it's like, how dare you like me and not follow me, you robot. Yeah, a shout out. Keep keep liking them, all you phonies and fakers and whatever you are. Like uh, the, These fake profiles that are trying to get me to click on you know, malicious links. They're great. I mean, you know, fine, whatever. Keep trying. It's not going to work. But it's keep not, trying. but keep liking and keep hearting the 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 posts. It's fun. It's uh, it 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 almost means that we <laughs> we have an audience. So something like that. But uh, the rest of you, you know, keep tuning in because it's always uh, it, it's it's still a fun thing to do. And uh, you know, we, we thank you for the real people out there that are tuning into however few or however many of you are mm-hmm. out there currently. Uh, yes, thank man. you for tuning in. Before we sign off, I'm, I have to get this NBA woge bomb real quick. Uh, Steph Curry agrees to a five-year, $201 million Supermax deal with the Warriors. Supermax deal. Is that the first of its kind? Is He's now the, uh, the, 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 it's the richest contract in NBA history. So the first so Supermax, probably, right? So far, 440 40 million. Yeah, 40 million a year. Yeah, he's, he's earned it. Mm-hmm. Good for that guy. Good for that guy. Can't hate on a guy making money. Well, you can, but it's un-American. Yeah, it really is. So, All right, say goodbye. Thanks again. Follow us uh, at 287 underscore at... 288. You said 287. 288 underscore... <laughs> Oh, they're gonna be uh, because I was thinking of your your uh, handle at DQ three two seven. Yeah. So, thanks again as always. All right, that's that thing. I'm De Quincey. Later, babies. <laughs>